Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 35 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you today on Oilers Now, where some guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. All right, I'll address this next bit here because uh, there's been a couple of texters wondering, seeing it on Twitter, that this Smith injury is, quote, bad, surgery bad and that Stuart Skinner might be pretty important going forward. Well, I can tell you with certainty that's coming from a source out of Vancouver, not Edmonton, so I would suggest not counting those chickens before they hatch, though I share the same worry with you that there's been very little information released on this, and it seems like even every time, you know, Tippett or it is asked about it, it's another two-week timeline. You know, so obviously it's not a great situation, though. I don't know. I have not heard anything about surgery and you're hearing that from somebody who's out of Vancouver, not your local market. So uh, just pump the brakes on that one for now. In the meantime, we'll head off to our NHL insider for our friends at Legacy Heating and Cooling. Cooling, rather, whether it's heating or cooling you need, you can get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy Legacy Heating and Cooling. We welcome John Shannon back to the show. John, how's it going today? I'm well, Brendan. How are you? Doing excellent. It's a busy one in our parts. Got a lot to get through before we give way to coverage of, I'm sure you know by now, a wholesale change in the Elks front office. One that after a 3-11 and season was, well, I don't know, you can ever predict wholesale change, but uh, this one certainly didn't catch me by surprise to see that Chris Presson, Brock Sunderland, and uh, Jamie Elizondo will all be looking for work next year. And I think the general consensus, John, is that the Elks franchise needed more of an Edmonton presence in the front office. That was sort of my assessment. But anytime you see something that cataclysmic, I suppose, in terms of change, I'd love to get your thoughts on the situation. Well, you know, the interesting thing here is that this this was more, over the last few years, this was more than just a change of what I would describe as uh, football operations. There was a wholesale change on the board as well. Um, And the board went in a different direction. The new board went in a different direction. Uh, and uh, this is the this is the residue of that different direction, and I, I totally agree with you. I think it, you know, the Canadian Football League is so important uh, locally to every city, and it's important to try to maintain some of those ties to to the local market and somebody who can walk into those jobs and understand what a an Edmonton football fan thinks and understands the history. Uh, of this great organization. And I'm not just talking about in the last decade, but I'm talking about all the way back to the five consecutive Grey Cups and uh, even before that in the, in the days that uh, guys, you know, guys like uh, 
Tommy Joe Coffey played for the Eskimos in the 1960s, and and there were some there were some great football players and great football teams. Um, and it's no coincidence in my mind that the success of a lot of the franchises in the Canadian Football League are geared to the tradition of what is brought to the to the local community. And Edmonton, for the longest time, let's face it, Edmonton was at the top of that list. Edmonton did it better than anybody else. So the, the fall from grace, uh, you're right. Uh, no one should be surprised that there was major changes made, but I think, I think there's a, some accountability uh, on the board side that uh, needs to be questioned as well. And from my sense, John, I didn't really obviously get to experience, you know, the Grey Cup championships of back in the day. Uh, but even the 2015 one preceded my time in the city. So I don't really understand what the genuine, you know, the loyalty towards the football club in this city is like. And I'm disappointed that I, I haven't really been able to experience that in that sense, because I feel like there was a time when that was the pride of this city for, you know, a, a deeply rooted thing. And now it's it's even though they're still kind of towards the top of the of the attendance rankings and the CFL every year you know a that's not saying much in a league that's really struggling uh, but B I just don't get a sense of new fans swarming towards Commonwealth to, to really be in support of this team well uh, let's face it we, I think we talked about this last week what a great sports city Edmonton is not just for the Oilers but look look at the numbers in freezing temperatures they put in there for the soccer games last week uh, so we know that the fan and the fan in interest can be there. Uh, the challenge is to put an exciting brand of football, something that uh, Edmonton football fans can be proud of, uh, and, and to see them at the bottom of the table, to see them out of the playoffs, uh, to me is uh, quite frankly, and I, I am not an Edmonton football fan by, by any stretch of the imagination, but to see them out of the, uh, uh, out of the playoffs to me is, is, is demoralizing because that football team has meant so much for so many years to the success of the CFL. I would put Edmonton and Saskatchewan as the two linchpins to the success of the CFL for the last five decades. And those two teams, as I last saw it, ranked 1-2 in attendance, even amid all of the struggles that has been had this year. So we'll hope, I mean, I guess I'll ask you this, in terms of how much positive change this kind of, um, you know, how much positivity can come from this sort of change, this magnitude of change, there's going to be a whole new identity I suppose built up as to what Elks football looks like when you talk about you know having right from the president to the GM to the coach all figuring out how they're going to work together first of all in terms of building the roster and then executing on the field but I mean it's going to be a very unfamiliar product I think for for Elks fans I would assume unless they go back to a well of a Rick Campbell or something like that and bring in a familiar face and in, in terms of who's going to step in next. Yeah, I think you're right, but I, I think it, this all speaks of leadership, leadership and understanding the market. And uh, I can assure you there are some good people out there that would be interested in this job uh, that would, could make a difference and put, uh, uh, put the Edmonton Football Club back, uh, back on its uh, proper footings. 
NHL insider John Shannon joining us yeah. for Legacy. No, no, that wasn't CFL. CFL insider, right? <laughs> Chatting there. CFL with our NFL in, or NHL insider. Um, yeah, reminder, we are going to take that press conference live, by the way, for everybody who wanted to hear it coming up after the 1.30 news. But let's talk hockey, John, because the Oilers uh, continue finding different ways to win. They've done it on back-to-back nights with Stuart Skinner. I loved the idea of going back to him just to not to necessarily make him prove it again, but I, I agree with what Tippett was saying in the post game, and that Winnipeg in that over or shootout win, that was a really emotional playoff type atmosphere. And maybe you just wanted to make sure he wasn't riding those waves. Well, you put him in against Chicago, and I thought he looked just as comfortable. And ultimately, the team comes out with a second straight win. So you back out and you look at Skinner, and you look at what McLeod did and how great he looked on Saturday. And all of a sudden, this roster is a lot more made up of Bakersfield guys, homegrown talents, and Oilers properties than it once was. And it's panning out. Well, and it, uh, it, it pays to be patient. Uh, you know, there were times, I think, in the last couple of years that people were saying Ryan McLeod should be up. Uh, well, you know what, Ryan McLeod uh, uh, being able to replace Derek Ryan as that number three center and playing between Fogel and Cassian, first of all, that's a much bigger line. Uh, and and I, I think that uh, I think Ryan McLeod is pr- proving what he's worth to this organization, and, and and creates even more depth and putting and puts honestly puts Derek Ryan in the right spot too in the number four hole. So in, in many ways, it's it's a, a win-win for both guys. Uh, and and when you think about that, you also think about. You know, the patience they showed with Evan Bouchard. And there was a, there were a lot of people saying they, they should have been playing Bouchard. But Evan Bouchard is part of that, that patience. And obviously Stuart Skinner, who, by the way, I, I don't, we probably shouldn't be surprised. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't think it was just by necessity. that Remember that Stuart Skinner was the goaltender protected in the expansion draft by this team. Who, who really believed in Stuart Skinner. And believed that Skinner was a bit of the future. And that's, and, and he's... Because of the Smith injury, he is getting uh, he is getting a, a better opportunity. The one thing I like about Skinner, uh, Brendan, if, if you compare him to the guy that played, I, I think I want to say the game was seven four or seven five, his first victory last year. Um, he is so much calmer. He is he's so his movements are so simple right now. I love the way he uses that glove hand uh, to collect pucks. Uh, and control play and 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 f- force a face off he he is so much more composed this year than even he was last year and that that to me is a testament of being patient in his growth and coachable as well and that to me doesn't stop with the goaltending coach it it continues when you talk about learning from veterans like Mike Smith in training camp, veterans like Miko Koskinen to practice every day for the last two months. You know, he, he can't not be improving by being in the NHL. The, the the balance for me is just making sure that you're not relying on him or, or playing him so heavily that that confidence becomes a factor or whatever the case may be, too much, too soon. It's also not unlike a 23-year-old goaltender to have a breakout season in the NHL. Didn't we just see that last year with Alex Nedeljkovic, who finished in the Calder Trophy Finals. I'm not saying that we should get that far ahead of ourselves, but I'm also saying he's a third-round pick, and it's not necessarily unheard of that we're seeing this, right? Well, I mean, it's been five years since he's drafted. It's a long time, five years of... And that five years may may appear to have gone quickly for us, but I can assure you it did not go quickly for a professional goaltender. 
Uh, and and you, you know darn well there were times where he thought he was ready for the NHL and had to go back to Bakersfield and work on his game. Uh, and I think that that speaks volumes to what the organization has done and, and more particularly to what Skinner has done. Um, and he's, he's, just a, he's just a more efficient goaltender now, uh, and it's paying off. And you know, the, the simple little moves, uh, his pushes from left to right, are, are so much better and so much more efficient. He's not over pushing. Uh, his pads are in the right place at the right time on the screenshots. Uh, he has a, a lot more knowledge of the NHL game now, uh, and that too is paying off. The temperament for him is what I really, really enjoy. He seems to be the type of guy who can enjoy a win but not get too overconfident with it, but also shrug off a bad goal or a loss and even come face the media at 23 years old and say, yeah, yeah I've I've even made worse plays, if you can believe it, and you just dial back yeah. in. So, you know, those a little... little different than Mike Smith, though. A little different than Mike Smith Absolutely when you think of it. Absolutely, he is, right? But, you know, <laughs> hey, to each their own, and many different goaltenders can, can succeed in that sense. But again... You know, best situation that the Oilers have had percolating internally in a long time on that front. And maybe a pretty good time to have a guy succeeding like he is as we chat with John Shannon. Because you don't want to get too far behind the Calgary Flames right now, John, who are leading the the Pacific Division, leading the Western Conference. And I would say surprising some, but I'm not necessarily surprised to see a Daryl Sutter coach team at the top of things. Uh, He's obviously got... um, He's all got them pulling on the same rope, and that seemed to be a major issue in, in years past, right? Well, I mean, if you don't, if you don't go in one direction with Daryl Sutter, you're not going to play. That's the bottom line. Uh, and um, th- there, that, that's the one thing that I think that is certainly um, evident for me with what Calgary is doing. Uh, they are pulling in the same direction. Uh, when you think that they have already played 13 road games, Brendan, uh, and uh, of the possible 26 points, they have 20 of those points. They've only lost twice in regulation uh, uh, in those 13 road games. Uh, that is going to be a that is going to be a record that's going to be tough to catch in itself. Uh, and that that's where uh, teams, the good teams in the West. And- it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline including the Oilers, are going to be pressed to keep up with Calgary if, they, if the Flames can continue playing so well on the road. Their goaltending is obviously making it very sustainable, but they're finally getting scoring from Johnny Goudreau again. Um, you know, Elias Lindholm has really turned into one of the premier two-way players in the league, and, and you don't even need a guy like Sean Monaghan returning to 30-goal form, obviously, because... You know, the way that the lineup gets deployed, it certainly seems like a Daryl Sutter coach team. You knew it was going to be, obviously, when they brought in a guy like Trevor Lewis. And you see Blake Coleman there fulfilling a very similar role. And, I, mm-hmm. you know, somebody texted the line earlier in the show and asked if there was a worry, basically, about how well Calgary's doing. And honestly, a little bit, because I think they're built quite well for the playoffs. 
Well, I mean, that's what Daryl Sutter does. He, he, builds, he builds teams that can play physically. The, the one thing I would say uh, about uh, the Flames scoring is, is for the longest time, there was so much reliance on the one line, uh, Lindholm, Monaghan and Goudreau and now when you can throw out Andrew Mangiapane who I think has 15 already uh, and and the, the the coming of age of Andrew Mangiapane's story which began last year and continued through the World Hockey Championships and has just uh, flourished again this season uh, is one of the is one of the best stories in hockey and when you think about it uh, Mangiapane's five foot seven Johnny's five foot eight uh, the Flames are doing this in a Daryl Sutter system uh, with guys that aren't necessarily as, as, as physical and big as Daryl Sutter is used to having uh, when his teams were in San Jose and Los Angeles. Diminutive, but pesky. <laughs> it's, hey, yes. it's the kind of style that we've seen out of Yamamoto, and frankly, we're starting to see it out of Tyler Benson now that he's been in the lineup for the Oilers in, in a couple of games. We'll wrap up with our NHL insider, John Shannon, with this question. Converse, we, we talked last week, obviously, about Vancouver's struggles, struggles continuing, and, and the latest headline is now JT Miller coming out and saying he's probably been their best player this year thus far. He's coming out and, and talking about the frustration there. So uh, when you see the success, that Chicago had turning it around after a coaching change. I know I asked you whose seat was hotter last week. I I still can't make it whether it's Jim Benning or, or Travis Green, but I mean, again, I say it looks like change is, is right around the corner in Vancouver as well. Although, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, this three-game homestand, I, I thought that they were uh, marginally better against Colorado. Uh, they obviously played a very good game against Winnipeg. Uh, and and really, the, there was only one player on the ice last night against the Blackhawks uh, that was any better than any Canuck, and that was Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, the, the Canucks outplayed, uh, uh, skating-wise, the, the Blackhawks, and it was Fleury's great uh, play and goal that won the Blackhawks the game. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm I'm still not sold that the, this team. Uh, is is in, in need of change right now, certainly not in change behind the bench. I love what Travis Green said last night um, after the game when people started asking, what about this player, what about that player? And he just said, hey, listen, I'm not throwing players under the bus. That's not my job. Because uh, as you well know, Brendan, when you see coaches starting, throw, starting to throw players under the bus, that's when they've lost the room and that's when changes are made. And I just don't see that in Vancouver yet with Travis Green. Yeah, he doesn't seem that type at all. John, always appreciate the insight. We'll chat on Wednesday, okay? Right on. John Shannon, our NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Very interesting Pacific Division. We didn't know what to make of it coming into this year. Certainly been an interesting shakedown. Kind of grinds my gears to see Calgary at top, but also I like the Canadian success, so... We talked about it in summer, though, Brendan, when Cam was here. We said, why is Vancouver making these moves? And, and do they, you know, what do they get by going short with one of Hughes or Pedersen? You know, it was just a team that was half in. That's what scared me about them. And you can see it in their play. Listen, as somebody who was a fan of that club for a number of years, right through that Stanley Cup run, and and boy, should they have sold the Sedins if they were going to try and recoup the assets there. Boy, should they have sold Ryan Kessler. They are always half in. And part of that is because their fan base doesn't really allow them to be out ever, period. So 
you, you're kind of going to get what you get. You either got to commit to the rebuild or I guess you're stuck in purgatory like they are right now. They got the pieces to get out of it, though. They've got all the superstars they would need. They've got a number one uh, offensive defenseman. Quinn Hughes is not a number one defenseman in his own end, but he is with the puck on his stick usually. And they've got a number one goaltender in Demko. So it shouldn't be too much of a fix. Anyway, you got commentary? You can provide it. 780-496-0063. That is the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Might have time for a couple when we come back on Oilers Now. Brendan Escott, Cody Jansen in today. Bob is flying with the team down to Dallas. Take on the Stars uh, tomorrow night. What time is that? We got it on the radio. I know that. It's 6 o'clock puck drop, 6.30. So 5 o'clock is your City Ford face-off show, 6.30. Puck drop, Cam and Bob have the call. Let's get to the uh, in- injury report, the Oilers Now injury report. It's brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled ex- experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. For the Oilers, Derek Ryan, he's questionable for tomorrow with concussion-like symptoms. Again, we haven't heard any official, you know, announcement or anything for the Oilers on Mike Smith. As far as we know, still week to week at this time. Elsewhere in the league, Tampa Bay Lightning, they announced that Braden points out indefinitely with an upper body injury in Arizona. Jay Beagle, he's out indefinitely as well with a lower body injury. And defenseman Riley Stillman from the Hawks, he's out with a knee injury. Yeah, he got fallen on in that game last night. Looked ugly. He was everywhere in the game against Edmonton and then I saw last night he kind of got collapsed on in, in the corner and that was scary one looked like an offensive lineman getting rolled up on yeah it, it did not look pretty but speaking of Stillman he did look great what was your thoughts on Caleb Jones Saturday night I thought he played with a lot more aggression than we saw in his time in Oilers colors I thought that he played like he had something to prove but you know other than that he didn't really have too great an impact on the game and maybe that's Part of the reason he's not here anymore, because you know who did impact the game greatly? Duncan Keefe, in the absence of Darnell Nurse. Pretty big pickup, if you consider that Nurse is out at least the next three games, and then beyond that, probably, well, I would think two more, because you've got Pittsburgh and Seattle once they get back home from this current road trip, and that takes you through the first week of December, so... Yeah, I mean, if I don't know that Keith's going to be able to play 25 every night, but like you made the good point. Like everybody on the Oilers back end against Chicago played up over, you know, 15 minutes or so and looked relatively fine. That's got to be comforting if you're Dave Tippett to know that you can give Nurse the full time he needs to heal if this decor is going to put it together for 60 minutes every night, no matter who you're paired up with. Because if they were struggling, it's a different story. Maybe you do have to rush Nurse back a little bit earlier. Maybe Cuckoo has to get rushed back. Whatever it is, if you're doing, if you're playing fine, keep it going. And the other thing to consider is if you're playing well enough defensively, either via puck protect or possession, rather, you're keeping the puck on your stick, which have we even mentioned the fact if you didn't see this in house, I've never seen anything like it before. The Oilers held a cycle through all four of their lines. There was a shift early in the second period where Seth Jones and Connor Murphy were stuck out there for over four and a half minutes, okay, while the Oilers cycled through every single one of their lines. And the last line to come up was McDavid's line. So you're thinking, okay, well, this has to end at either Chicago taking a penalty or Edmonton scoring a goal, right? Wrong. And now it's just a crazy talking point. But that was something else. And that's how you keep the puck out of your own net. Wasn't it Jones that had a four-minute and 55-second shift? 
That's insane. Yeah, that's exactly right. So now how much time do you need to recover throughout the second period in order to just get your legs back and, and go again? There was no scoring in the second period, so Edmonton didn't take advantage. But again, like that's that's a once in a in a hundred hundred games kind of a thing. Hundred years? I don't know. Maybe not that rare. But it was pretty impressive nonetheless. And again, I say those are the kinds of analyt- analytics metrics uh, that uh, I think lead to the team winning more games in that sense. Even if it was just for a chunk of the game. All right, we're running up against the news here. Uh, we do have an abbreviated show. Again, you'll get live coverage of the Edmonton Elks press conference coming up after the 1.30 news. After this next newscast with Kevin Robertson, you'll hear from Reed Wilkins. We'll talk Oilers and Elks. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.